0: Last time we were together, we spoke about the thousand-year honeymoon between Christ and His Bride. That's called the Millennial Reign of Christ. Thousand years of, I don't know, peace and prosperity, good times on planet Earth. Thanks for tuning in today. New Hope Radio, Dave Therrien. Don't forget you can find us at newhoperadio.live, YouTube and Facebook. The Hope Club Podcast and WARV 1590 AM 92.7 FM. Let's have a quick review of the Millennial Kingdom. Here's what we saw last time. We talked about the government in the kingdom. It's going to be a theocracy. We're going to be ruled by a king. Christ will be on the throne. Oh yeah! The king of kings. He'll be on the throne. Also during that time, is the removal of evil. That dirty devil, he's thrown into the pit for a thousand years. The abyss. Lock him up. Thirdly, there's going to be some changes in nature. Isaiah tells us this. Old Testament, chapter 11, verse 6. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. And the leopard will lie down with the young goat. Think about that. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And the little boy will lead them. That's going to be an incredible time where all of the animal kingdom has become domesticated. Take the bars off the zoo, right? You can go to the zoo. Animals are walking around, but you're not going to need any bars because they're all going to be tamed animals. Pretty cool. Uh, Fourthly, in the millennial kingdom, people that are born in the kingdom from the tribulation, they're going to live longer. Yeah, Isaiah, he had a pretty good sense of the uh, millennial kingdom. He said, no longer will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days, for the youth will die at the age of what? 100. In other words, if somebody dies at a hundred years old, they're considered young. Wow. And the one who does not reach the age of one hundred will be thought accursed. <laughs> Gee, that's another story. Then, fifthly, at the end of the thousand years, and I don't know why this is happening, but Satan is released from the abyss. Unlike leave him there, but now he's going to be let out. Revelation twenty verse seven: When the thousand years are completed. Satan will be released from his prison. And what happens? Does the devil learn a lesson? No. He goes to war against Christ, but he's no match. And then what happens in verse 10? The devil, who deceived them, all the people of the earth, he was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night. Forever and ever. He's gonna get his. Oh yeah. He's he's reaping havoc now. He's gonna get his. Now, before God creates a new heaven and a new earth after the millennial kingdom, he rids the world of evil once and for all. Like everybody that's it. It's it's like the last call on evil. Okay? And this is the retribution that people have been waiting for. The righteous have been waiting. God, when are you going to settle the score? When will you bring justice on these people? These wicked, evil people. And God says, right now, the great white throne judgment, sometimes called the judgment of the great white throne. And we find this judgment in Revelation 20, verse 11. And don't you worry, it's going to happen. Oh yeah, it's going to happen. That's what John said. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. So what did John see? He saw a throne, a great white throne, a throne of purity and righteousness it, it, that seemed to be suspended on nothing, for earth and heaven fled away. Now, this great white throne, it's the words Megas, Lukas, thronos." The word Megas, it means great great from the majesty of Christ. Lucas means white, the whiteness from a pure light. Thronos speaks of a seat. So here is Jesus. He's now King of Kings, Lord of Lords, sitting on the judgment seat of the wicked dead, and earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. See, none of that mattered anymore. Whatever happened on the earth, it's gone. doesn't matter. Trophies, prizes, you name it, accomplishments, all gone. Nothing matters anymore in the presence of eternity. No awards not even earthly status. The only thing that mattered was what was happening here, the judgment of the great white throne. That's the only thing. All eyes are focused on that. Now, I don't know if we in heaven are going to see that, or we on the earth. I don't know if believers will witness the great white throne. There's no record one way or the other. So you can speculate, but I haven't found anything. But this is where history is heading, people. History is not cyclical. The ancient pagans believed history was repetitive. It was like a cycle. Just kept going round and round and round and round for eternity. But no, it's not. History is linear. It has a beginning and it has an end. And when it ends, that's it. Human history is over. It's heading toward the last event The judgment of the great white throne. Now, God created it and God can take it away, right? In Psalm 102, verse 25, it says, Of old you founded the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. Even they will perish, but you endure, speaking of God, and all of them will wear out like a garment, like clothing. You will change them and they will be changed. How easy will it be for God to replace the earth? As easy as you changing your socks. Well, for some that might be difficult. How about your shirt? How about your hat? All right, take one hat off, put on another one. That's pretty easy. In Mark 31, or 1331, Jesus himself said, heaven and earth will pass away. But my words, they will not pass away. Think about it. The Word of God is going to outlast this present earth. So what do you think deserves more of your attention? The Word of God or the present earth? And yet, Satan deceives the whole world. He's got everybody betting on the earth that it's going to be here forever. It ain't. God's going to wrap it up, dispose of it, and he's going to make a brand new one. That's coming later. We'll talk about that later. So John said, Okay, we're at this great white throne judgment. And I saw the dead, the small, and the great stand before God. The dead that are small and great. This is not a general judgment of all people, as you will see. But what it does mean is, no one is too important to escape. No one's going to get a mulligan, a do-over. No. No one is too insignificant to escape either. From the greatest to the least. Who will be there at this judgment? Who are the dead? They're the wicked dead. Jesus himself said in John 8:24. He said to those who rejected him, they said, no, you're not the Savior, you're not the Messiah, go away or we will kill you. You know what he said to them? Therefore I say to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Well, these are them. These are all the people throughout human history that said, no, to Christ. They're called the wicked dead. And the books were opened in verse 12. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. So we've got two sets of books. The book of life. This is the Lamb's book of life. Paul mentions it in Philippians 4.3, where he talked about some fellow laborer's that worked with him for the cause of the gospel. And after naming them, he says, Their names are in the book of life. See, when you commit your life to Christ, you're in Christ's book. It's the book of the saved, the Lamb's book of life, the book of the saved. In Revelation 3:5, John said, He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments and I will not erase his name from the book of life. Once you're in, you're in. You are in can not get out. So Revelation 13.8 speaks of those who will worship the beast in the tribulation. This, these make up part of the wicked dead, as well as everybody else in human history that said no to Christ. Think of it like this. It has nothing to do with how good you were or how bad you were, okay? Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb, the Lamb that has been slain, will be at this judgment. The question is not, am I a good person or a bad person? The question is not, well, what religion am I part of? The question is not, am I important or am I significant? Am I good or bad? No. The question is, is my name in the Lamb's Book of Life? That's the question. If your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, you escape the judgment of the great white throne. And as we've seen earlier, you've been at another judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, which is the judgment for your rewards. Well, hopefully you made out pretty good. Got some gold, got some silver. It's a precious gems, uh, maybe a little wood and straw. Probably you'll have a little of that. I'm sure I'll have my share. But we're looking for the gold, right? That's the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat judgment, where church-age believers go to receive their rewards. But the judgment of the great white throne, oh, that's where people go to receive their sentence, their sentence of condemnation. So category number one, the Lame's Book of Life for the Saved. Cate- c- category number two, the Books of Works, or the Books of Deeds. The wicked dead will be judged out of those books because their name is not in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's like, oh no, we have no reservation for you here. You didn't respond. You know, it's like going to a wedding. You get an invitation in the mail. Oh, look who's getting married. They want us to come. They want us to come to the wedding. How nice. We're invited. So you get the RSVP card. And they say, please let us know if you're coming. And by the way, if you're coming, what would you like to eat? Chicken or fish? Check it off, right? You probably go, well, well one of each and we'll share, right? Okay. So you, you send back in the RSVP. And then when you go to the reception, you go to the big table. Oh, and look it. There's your name on the table. You're at table number four, and you go to table number four, and there's your seat. But if you don't respond, guess what? There's no table for you. You can go to the reception, and you can look up and down. Hey, how come there's no table for us? Honey, did you send in the RSVP card? Did you respond? Well, no. (laughs) Dummy. That's why. You didn't tell them. You didn't accept the invitation. And so it is with God. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten Son. That whoever believes in him, that's everybody, will not perish but have everlasting life. We're all invited. But you got to respond. you got to say, yes, I'll come. I'll come through Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through him. Can't come through religion. Can't come through works. you got to come through Christ. But if you don't respond, guess what? You're not in the Lamb's book of life. But you are in the books of works. And you're judged out of the books of works. And these two sets of books, I'll tell you, they're very important. These two sets of books, the book of life and the book of works, they contain the eternal destinies of all people. Everybody. And John said, well, The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. So the wicked dead were judged according to their works. They rejected Christ, and therefore they lacked what's required to live with God. And you know what that is? Perfect righteousness. That's what it takes to live with God. Christ's righteousness. You have to have the righteousness of Christ, and you get it at the moment of faith, the moment you believe. But if you never believe, you don't have what it takes to live with God. So therefore, now you have to stand on your own human works. And you know what? They're just not good enough because they're not perfect. No one has perfect works because none of us are perfect. So we stand before this judgment seat, and we are condemned. The word is crino. It's a judicial judgment, a condemnation. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. But that word judgment is the word bima. It's a place of rewards. He's talking to the church. When he says we must all appear before the bema seat, that's the church for their rewards. But everybody else goes before the great white throne judgment for their condemnation to the eternal lake of fire. They're judged out of the books of works. And you know what? They might have good works. Oh, yes. They could have done a lot of good things. But you know what? Just not good works enough. Because salvation is not based on what we do. It's based on faith and faith alone that no one would boast. That's how you get to God. True faith in Christ. Put aside your works. Put aside your religion. Put aside your behavior Put aside who you are in this world. God doesn't care who you are in this world. You can own the company or sweep the floor. It doesn't matter to God. The question is, what did you do with his son? What did you do with Jesus Christ? That's the question. And as John is saying, no one escapes this judgment in verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead in it, and death and hell. That's not hell, the eternal lake of fire, but that's the underworld gave up the dead in them, and they were each judged according to their works. Now, why did John say that the sea in the underworld gave up the dead? Because the ancients believed those who died at sea were lost, never to be found again. So you were kind of like, You weren't going to that, you were done. You were annihilated if you were lost at sea. And John is saying, no, no, you're going to be resurrected. And you will all stand on this judgment. Everybody without Christ will be at the judgment of the great white throne. Now, we as Christians, we don't celebrate that. Not at all. Because our mission is to tell people about Christ. Our mission is to proclaim the gospel around the world, to let people know, listen, this is what waits for the unbeliever, but we don't want that for you. We want you to know Christ. We want you to embrace Christ and know him as your Savior. That's what we want. We don't celebrate the lake of fire. As a matter of fact, even Jesus said that was created for the devil and his angels, not never for man. But man goes there. Why? Because there's no other place to go. There's no other place. There's no third option. You either have the righteousness of Christ and you spend eternity with God, or you have your own human righteousness, which won't get you 10 feet off the ground, and it's the lake of fire. That's it. There's only two places in eternity. So in conclusion, verse 14, This is the very end, the last thing God does before the new creation. And death and hell. And hell is not the lake of fire. Hell is the underworld. Death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. Death means separation. The first death, people live their lives separated from God. But they had the opportunity to get connected, but they refused. The second death is an eternal separation from God. And there's no more opportunity. It's over. It's gone. And John said, If anyone was not found having been written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. People, that's the only question. Is my name in the Lamb's book of life? This is God's intention for eternity. So, I'm going to leave you with an admonition from the Apostle Peter. He said in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord of the promise is not slow. In other words, God is not slow about his promises as some deem slowness. But as long-suffering taught us, not willing that any would perish, but all to come to repentance. What's holding back the return of Christ? God is waiting for more people to change their minds, to repent, and say, you know what? I've been thinking, and I've been listening to my Christian friends, and they're starting to make more sense to me. And I think I want to receive Christ as my Savior. That's what God is waiting for, more people to do that. But then Peter did say, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's the return of Christ, the second coming. It's going to come, a thief in the night, right? When it's least expected, that's what that means, in which the heavens will pass away with a rushing sound and having burned the elements will be dissolved, and the earth and the works in it will be burned up. Remember we said earth and heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. It's just the wicked dead at the great white throne. And then all these being about to be dissolved, here's what Peter said, of what sort ought you to be? What kind of person ought you to be? and holy behavior, and godliness. What kind of person should you be if everything's going to be burned away? And you're either at the judgment of Christ for rewards or the judgment of Christ for judgment. What kind of person should you be in holy behavior and godliness? I don't know. How many people are going to get a wake-up call from this? How many people will be impacted from the judgment of the great white throne? And how many will just kind of yawn it away? Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, all right. That's what you say. Uh, Thanks for telling me. Okay. Uh, What's on TV tonight? Hey, you know what? Red Sox are winning. Come on. Connecticut won the uh, Final Four. That's pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. Spring's coming. Time to get outside. You know, the the judgment of the great white throne. How many people is it in their list of priorities? Sadly, not many. Because Satan deceives the whole world. That's why we have an important mission. Let people know. Maybe this is the podcast, the Hope Club podcast that you need to share with people. Say, man, you better listen. You better listen to what's happening. Human history is coming to a close. We're closer than ever. Look at this world. Are you kidding me? Everybody's crazy. They're all nuts out there. And it's coming. The world is going to be so chaotic that God is going to remove the church in the rear in the rapture, and the Antichrist will step up and he's going to rule the earth and bring a one world government, one world currency, one world religion. It's coming. Everything headed, is heading that way. Hey, people are talking about the, the new world order, right? They didn't talk about that years ago. They talk about it now more and more and more. It's all coming. But if you receive Christ, you will escape. You certainly will. That's why we're here every day. We're trying to get the word out. Try to let people... know oh, man, you don't want to go that way. It's forever. There's no getting out. Once you're there, you're there. That's why we want you to join the Hope Club. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu bar. $3 a week. That's what you give us. We send you an email. Devotional-type email set to music every Monday through Friday. Your $3 keeps our ministry going forward, keeps the Hope Club podcast alive, we had 100 downloads last week, just last week, 100. That's pretty good for a little program. People are catching on. People are getting hungry for truth. And you can be part of it. Join the Hope Club podcast. You're on a winning team. You'll be doing a lot of good. You give a little, but you get a lot back, and you're doing a wonderful service. So thanks for coming along today. Spread this message. It's an important one, and we'll see you next time.